Bibles to James chapter 3, continuing our study through the book of James. James chapter 3 today. All right, so last night you all had an extra hour of sleep. Would anybody be willing to take a pop quiz? All right, Devon. Devon says, I'm wide awake. I'll take a pop quiz. Devon, what is the difference between being smart or intelligent and wisdom? What's the difference? Well, in my old church, you say the answer was always Jesus. There you go. It's Jesus. I think I stumped them. I think I stumped them. Would anybody else like to take a dive at that? Pam, what's the difference between being smart or intelligent and wisdom? Comes with age, okay? There we go. That is the difference. And that was what Jan was going to say. Here's the thing. You can be smart and intelligent and know a lot of stuff, but that doesn't make you wise. And you can be very wise and have little education because wisdom is taking my knowledge and using it, applying it, doing what I know. Well, that's where James is going today here in our text in verses 13 through 18 in chapter 3. He is contrasting, actually, the difference between godly spiritual wisdom and ungodly earthly unspiritual wisdom. He's going to contrast those two things. And as Christians, we need to understand and know there is a difference between godly wisdom and ungodly wisdom. Earthly wisdom and heavenly wisdom. Unspiritual and spiritual wisdom. We need to know there is a difference. And so today we are looking at this contrast of wisdom. And so let me read our text today and I'm going to be teaching out of the New International Version today versus my normal English Standard Version because I think the readability of the NIV just really flows well so I will be teaching from it today but here's what James says starting in verse 13 of chapter 3 he says who is wise and understanding among you let him show it by his good life by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual of the devil. From where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder in every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. So, Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we want to learn and to know your word. But, Lord, today, help us not to just walk out of here knowing it, but help us to be doers of it. Lord, help us to be wise when it comes to your word. So, Father, we just thank you for the truth of it, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, today, let's look at three things, these three contrasts about wisdom. And here's the first one. Write this down. Spiritual wisdom is the application of God's word revealed by my actions 
through the attitude of humility. Spiritual wisdom is the application of God's word revealed by my actions through the attitude of humility. And so he begins there with verse 13 asking a question. He says, who is wise and understanding among you? Who is wise and understanding among you? All right. Now, that word understanding, it, it, it carries the meaning of being knowledgeable or well-instructed. And so he's wanting to know who is knowledgeable, who's well-instructed among you. Now, in order to really understand and get the, the, the grasp of this word understanding and even the word wise, we need to get the context. Okay, How many of you know context is always important? So we need to get the context of who was who is he talking to here? All right. Now we got to remember back at the very beginning of our study in chapter one, we know he is talking to Jewish Christians. Okay. He's talking to, in fact, probably to a particular church because we know he talked about that time. He says, when you're gathering together, so he's talking about a group of Christians. He's talking to a church. And so we need to arch. What James has said to modern day, and um, he's talking to us too. He's talking to Christians. He's talking to the church. And so when he asked, who has understanding? Who is knowledgeable? Okay, who, who has some smarts? He's not talking about generality. He's not just saying, hey, who, who's smart in your, your bunch? All right, who, who has a lot of knowledge? He, he's not talking about general smarts or general knowledge. He's not talking about how good you are with math or how well you do on your job. He's not asking that. He's wanting to know, since he's talking to Christians, talking to the church, he wants to know who is knowledgeable in regards to spiritual things. Who's knowledgeable? Who is, who is understanding when it comes to the things of God? Who has knowledge? Who has understanding to spiritual truths, to God's word, about Jesus, the gospel? Who understands it? Who knows it? How many of you know that's a good starting place? Because here's the thing, if you don't know what God is like, if you don't know who God is, if you don't know his word, you don't know who Jesus is, you don't know the gospel, you haven't even gotten out of the starting blocks. So he wants to know who's knowledgeable of this stuff, who knows it. And I would ask you that. Do you know the word of God? As a Christian, as a believer in Christ, do you know the truths of God's word? Do you know about Christ? Do you know who God is? Do you know what God is like? Do you know the gospel? And only you can answer that. But James doesn't stop there. He, he just doesn't want to know who knows the truth about God. He, he, he doesn't want to just know how much do you know, how much truth do you know. He asks one more question. Who is wise among you? Who is wise among you? Wisdom, in general, is it means just this, practical application of acquired knowledge. That's just wisdom in general. That's just a general definition of wisdom. Practical application of, of knowledge, okay? So um, when you got hired on your job, very day one, how many of you went through OJT? You, you learned your job. Now, how many of you know, um, if you learn your job, but you don't do it, are you very wise? No. 
because you probably won't have that job very long. Wisdom, when it comes to my job, is, hey, I know what I've been taught. Now I put it into practice. I start to do it. This is where James is shifting. He's like, hey, it's great that you know the truths of God. It's, no, it's great that you know the truths of his word, but we don't stop at just knowing it. We got to continue to what? Do it. That's wisdom. That's spiritual wisdom. Is not just knowing facts about God. It's not knowing just truths about God. It's not just knowing what the Bible says, but it's taking my knowledge of the word of God and putting it into application. It's applying it, doing it. In fact, if you, change, if you just flip over to James chapter one, he even shows us what wisdom really is. In James chapter one, verse 22, he says, do not merely listen to the word. The listening part is the learning part, okay? Right now, you're listening, okay? You're learning what I'm teaching you. So as I'm listening to the word, I'm learning it. I'm becoming knowledgeable of it, all right? This is what I'm knowing, okay? But James says, he says, do not merely listen to the word. Don't just know it and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. That's wisdom. That's spiritual wisdom is I learn what the Bible says, I know what the Bible says, but every day in my life, guess what I'm doing? Putting it into practice, doing what it says, that spiritual wisdom. In fact, even in the Old Testament, Moses is telling the, the Israelites, and in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 5 and 6, he says this to the Israelites. He says, I have taught you statutes and rules, meaning he's taught them what God has said, as the Lord my God commanded me that you should do them in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. Keep them and do them, for that will be your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the people. You see, doing and understanding is connected with, I mean, wisdom and understanding is connected with my doing. That is spiritual wisdom. You know, the Greek word, for our English word wise actually comes from the Greek, um, Greek word sophos, S-O-P-H-O-S, sophos. And it actually describes the ability to use knowledge for correct behavior. That's what the Bible is about, changing us, transforming us. The Bible isn't about just giving us more head knowledge. It's about taking, the Bible is to take it into the mind to grow in the knowledge to do only one thing, Change me, transform me, change my behavior, change me from, hey, this is what I used to be like to this is now what I am like. This is what I used to do to this is what I now do. It's about the change of behavior. And that is exactly what James says in our text. So he says, who is wise and who is understanding among you? And here's what he says. Let him show it by his good life by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. You see, what he's saying, he goes, when you are wise, guess what? From your wisdom will flow a changed life. Why? Because I know what the Bible says, but now I'm doing it. And from that wisdom, that spiritual wisdom, my life is going to change. I'm going to be different. And so he is wanting to know, he's like, hey, question Who's understanding and who's wise among you? So obviously you're going to have, you know, Fred over here going, 
Me, me. I, I, I understand what God says, and I'm pretty wise about it. And then he says, prove it. What do you mean? Show me. If you are wise, show me. Well, 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 how do I do that, James? By good deeds. By your works. By what you do. Is your life different? Are you walking out what God says? Well, Fred be like, well, I don't know. Not really. Then you're not wise, Fred. Wisdom is you have knowledge, but you're doing what God says. That's what James says. And in fact, if you remember in James chapter 2, in verses, um, starting with verse 14, James is showing us, he's like, listen, if someone claims they have saving faith, prove it. Show it. Because James in chapter 2 says, listen, if you, have, if you say you have saving faith, if you say you are a believer in Christ, you're a Christian, and you don't have anything to show it, your faith is dead. It's not real. It's not alive. It's fake. He's like, if you want to prove to me that you are a believer in Jesus Christ, then show it. Show it through your actions. Show it through your works. Show it by what you do. And so here he is again saying and challenging the church. If you say you have the knowledge of God's word, then show me how much you know. And if you say you're wise, if you have real spiritual wisdom, then prove it to me by what you do. But you notice, he says, let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in, what word? Humility. That's a fun word. See, here's the thing. James is saying, you know what? When it comes to wisdom and knowledge and all this about God and his word, humility comes to play. Because the reality is um, humility says um, God's way is right, not mine. Humility says um, I surrender my will to God's will. Humility says it's all about God and not me. But we flip the page. We flip the coin. We turn the table and say, no, it is about me. I, I want to do what I want to do. And well, I see what God says, but that's not what I want to do. And we do what we want. That's not humility. You see, James is saying, no, 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 no. Um, if, if you say you're wise, you're going to have an attitude of humility. Because you're going to realize it's about him and not me. It's about God and not me. It's about his word and not mine. And here's what you and I need to understand, that, that understanding, wisdom, and humility go hand in hand. There is a string that, got, that ties them all together. Because think about it. If I have understanding, how many of you know there's a lot of people that know a lot about the Bible? I mean, they can quote verses left and right, man. James, what? And they can quote verses. They can, they can, they know the, all the books in the Bible with, I mean, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, all the way through, man. They know it all. But they don't do it. And so we need to understand that if I have knowledge, but I'm not doing it, if I'm not showing spiritual wisdom, my knowledge means nothing. Because think about it. If I know the Bible tells me to serve and I don't serve, 
What's my knowledge about service mean? Nothing. If I know I'm supposed to witness to people and share my faith with someone and I never do, what's my knowledge about witnessing mean? Nothing. If I know I'm, 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 I'm to only let words come out of my mouth that are helpful for building people up, but I tear people down with my mouth and I don't do what I know, what does my knowledge mean? Nothing. You see, knowledge and wisdom go hand in hand. And humility comes in here because if I know what God's word says, but I don't like it, and I choose to go a different direction, and I don't humble myself to, know, to do what God says, does my knowledge and wisdom mean anything? No. Why? Because I'm not willing to humble myself to what God says. They all go hand in hand. They are tied together. Spiritual wisdom is doing what God says. And the thing is this. Understanding the Bible, having knowledge of the Bible is vital. Would everybody agree with me on that? Okay, like I said, if you don't know the word of God, if you don't know who God is or what God is like, if you don't know anything about the Bible, you're not going anywhere. You're stuck. So knowing the Bible, reading it, studying it, going to Sunday school class, things like that, learning it, that's vital. Okay, it's vital for your spiritual life. It's vital for your spiritual being. You got to know the word of God. But if my knowledge doesn't take me anywhere else, it's kind of pointless. You know, it's interesting as I read this, these verses and just studying through them. I just, I just kind of kept thinking about over the past 18 months that there's a lot of Christians, man, online or whatever, on the news. They are, def- they are the, de- def- the defenders of, of, of the faith. They're the defenders of God's word. I'm the defender of God's word. But here's the problem with that. They're a defender, but they're not a doer. Because they're acting and behaving contrary to what they're defending. You see, here's the thing. Um, God doesn't need defenders of the faith. He doesn't need defenders of his word. How many of you know God's word has gotten around? God, it's doing okay. He doesn't need defenders He needs doers. He doesn't need defenders. He needs keepers. He needs people who will keep his word, obey his word, do his word. That's what this is all about. And James is saying, listen, spiritual wisdom is having a humble state of mind and an attitude that says God's word is right. I'm going to place myself under it and I'm going to let my actions, my deeds, my works, my life show that I have spiritual wisdom and not just knowledge. So spiritual wisdom is doing what God says. Now he contrasts it. In verse 14, he now shows what earthly wisdom, ungodly wisdom, unspiritual wisdom looks like. Look at verse 14 through 16. He says, if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom, notice, how many of you have in your Bible the the word wisdom is in quotes? Anybody else? I like that. Mind Such wisdom, like he's like, "Mm mm-hmm, I get you, I hear you. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual of the devil. Some of you may have a version that says it's demonic. 
But where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder in every evil practice. So write this down. Earthly wisdom is the application of selfish desires and is disorderly and worthless. Hey, do you remember what I said in the very first message of this, of this uh, study? Remember what I said? What did I say James would be what? Hard. Anybody think this is easy today? This is hard stuff, isn't it? But how many of you know this is needed for today? It's needed for all of us. So earthly wisdom is the application of selfish desires and is disorderly and worthless. So James begins, he says, but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts. Now he's talking to Christians who say, hey, I I have a knowledge of the the word of God. I, I know who God is. I know who Jesus is. I know facts about them. I know what the Bible says, but there's no practice of it. They're not doing it. They're, they're, they're living contrary to it. He's, he's saying when, when you and I have a knowledge of the word of God and we're not doing it, when we're not practicing it, when we're not obeying what God's word says, um, that is earthly wisdom. That's unspiritual wisdom. That's ungodly wisdom. Because I am not doing what God says, but I'm following what the culture says. I'm not living according to God's word. I'm living according to what the world says. You see, that's where he's going here. And, and, and he, that's now who he's addressing. He's like, listen, you could be in the church and you can know a lot about God, but if you're not doing what the Bible says, it's earthly wisdom, ungodly, unspiritual wisdom. Because notice... What he says there in verse 14, he says, if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition, that word harbor actually means it's a state or condition involving a duration. He's talking about the condition of a person's heart, a Christian, the true condition of a heart that it's a duration, something, this is my life. Okay, this is an ongoing thing. I say I know the word of God. I claim to to have a relationship with Christ. I claim to be a Christian. I I, I know all the the facts about the Bible, but my life isn't doing it. There's no evidence of it. I'm not proving it or showing it in any way. He's like, that's the condition of your heart. And remember, I've talked about this over the past several weeks, that the heart will be revealed And what you and I do, what we say and what we do, that will show the condition of my heart. And so that's what James is saying here. He's like, if these things are in your heart, you're in trouble. And he begins by saying, if bitter envy is in the heart. That word envy is translated from the Greek word zealos, Z-E-L-O-S. And that Greek word zealos actually has a couple of different meanings. One is what we just think of what envy is. All right, envy. Some of you may have a, a translation that says jealousy. The idea is that, that if I have envy in my heart, I'm looking at what everybody else has, and that's what I'm going after. I, I look at what the world is talking about. I, I look at what the culture believes, and that, that's what I want. And I keep going after the culture. I'm going after the world. I'm going after, hey, Fred and Wilma, I like what they're, th- I want their stuff. And I'm going after what Fred and Wilma have. I'm not going after what God says. I'm not going after what God wants me to have. I'm going after what the culture says. I'm envying that. But it also can mean, the word zealous in the Greek, it can also mean zeal. To have a zeal for something. A passion. 
I'm fired up about something. In Romans chapter 10, verse, 10, uh, verse 2, the Apostle Paul tells us that we are to have a zeal for God. That word zeal in Romans 10, 2 is the same Greek word, zealos. And so Paul says, man, have a zeal for God, meaning the things of God, the desires of God. Have a zeal for his word. What does God tell us to do? Have a zeal, a passion. Get after that. Have, be fired up about that. But here in James, when he says that, that word envy, the word zealous, is actually written in a negative nuance. It's written in a way where he's talking about you have a zeal, but it's an ungodly zeal. It's not a zeal for God. It's not a zeal for the word of God. It's not a zeal for the things of God. You have a zeal. You're fired up. You're passionate, but your passions are awry. Your zeal's awry. So what we do is we get fired up and passionate and have a zeal for um, worldly things, cultural things, earthly things. I'm really fired up and passionate about my career. And I spend all my time and energy about my career, about my job, advancing in that and getting higher and whatever. I'm really fired up and I, and, and I have a zeal for sports and my kids' sports. And we spend all of our time and our energy in that. I'm all about, you know, making more money and having more things. I want to I wanna have a bigger house. I want to have a better car. And we spend all of our time and energy, all of our resources in getting that. How many of you know that's a zeal? That's a passion. But it's wrong. And he's like, if this is the zeal you have in your heart, if this is the envy you have in your heart, that it's all about the world, it's all about the culture, it's wrong. And then he goes on and he says, if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition. Again, selfish ambition is very close to that bitter envy. It means that a Christian is chasing after life for themselves. It's all about me. I'm building my career for me. I want more money for me. I, I, it's, I, I, want, I want to see my kids succeed in school and in sports. So I, it's all about, the, I, I want more of the education. Why? For me. And so selfish ambition is like, I'm just pursuing and getting after all the cultural stuff because that's what I want. And James is like, if you harbor this, Meaning, this is in your heart. This is who you are. I'm bitter envy. I'm zealous. I'm selfish ambition. It's all wrong. Because it's not for God. It's, that's earthly wisdom. That's, that's ungodly wisdom. But notice what he says. He says, if you have bitter envy or selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it. That word boast actually means to exalt or gloat over. Um, earlier in chapter 3, when he talked about how the tongue is so small, but it makes great boasts. Remember I said that word boast means that people say such extravagant things that you're just like, no, you did not say that. It's like they're, it's like they're shock and awe by the stupid stuff they can say from their mouth. And he's like, this boast is different, though. He's like, I'm going after stuff and pursuing stuff. I've got a zeal and a passion for something at the expense of other people, at the expense of the church, because this is what I want, and I'm going to make it known, and I'm going to get after it. And, I, and he's like, don't be, don't be boasting about it. Don't be exalting that over other people. But not only does he say don't boast about it, but he also says, don't deny the truth. 
to deny the truth is, um, here's a lot of, you know, some Christians are like, well, I know the Bible, and I know I'm wise, but the wisdom is I'm not living out God's word. I'm living according to the world. I'm living according to the culture, and all my life is about that. And, and my selfish ambition and my envy, my zeal, is all about the cultural stuff. And so even though a person can sit there and say, oh, I know a lot about the Bible, but if I'm exhibiting earthly wisdom, unspiritual wisdom, ungodly wisdom, um, I'm not wise. And he's like, don't deny that truth. He's like, you may think you're wise, but you really aren't because you've got these wrong motives. You've got this wrong zeal. You've got these wrong ambitions. They're all about everything but God. He goes, and that's not making you godly wise. That's making you earthly wise. You may be wise, but not in God's eyes. You may be wise according to the world's standards, but not God's. And then he goes on, and he actually shows the outcome of earthly wisdom. In verse 15, he says, such wisdom does not come down from heaven, so it's not godly, it's not spiritual, it's not, he, he, he says, here's what it is, it's earthly, meaning it's, it's about the world, it's about the culture, it's about those things. Secondly, he says it's unspiritual, um, not of God, some versions you may have, it says natural or sensual. It actually means it's not of God. It's from the flesh. It's fleshly desires. And then he says it's of the devil. Or some of you may have a version that says it's demonic. Simply meaning that my earthly wisdom, when I know what the Bible says, but I'm not doing it, and I'm, I'm, I'm living for the world, I'm living for the culture, I'm living for my selfish ambitions, whatever it may be, he says it's of the devil or it's demonic, simply meaning this. The devil wants to make sure you are earthly wise. He wants you wise, but just not godly wise. Spiritually wise. He wants you unspiritually wise. He wants you fleshly wise. Because here's why. If he can keep you fleshly wise and earthly wise, ungodly wise, he will keep you from having any impact on the kingdom of God. Because if he can keep you knowledgeable about the Bible, but keep you from being a doer of the Bible, he's got you exactly where he wants you. So if you and I know, hey, um, I need to be doing this for God, but I'm not, and I'm walking in and doing something else, that's of the devil. It's demonic. It, because he's got you. He's fooled you into thinking, you're wise. You're okay. You don't need to do what God says. You're doing fine. But earthly wisdom, unspiritual wisdom, it may be wise in the eyes of the culture, but it's make, having no impact in the church. It's having no impact on the kingdom of God. And that's why it's considered to James demonic or of the devil. And then in verse 16, now he continues and he shows the result of all of this unearthly, unspiritual um, wisdom. He says, when you have self envy and selfish, ambi selfish ambition, there you will find two things, disorder and every evil practice. That word disorder actually comes from a Greek word that's about this long, and I couldn't pronounce it, so I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. 
But um, I looked this up as I, I studied this, and I and I when I came across what this what the Greek word actually means for our English word disorder, it blew me away because it describes this country and the church perfectly for the past 18 months. Let me show you. I found in, from the, the, I think it's pronounced Laonida. It's L-O-U-W-N-I-D-A. The Laonida Greek-English lexicon. Our English word disorder from the Greek word. Here's what it means. To rise up in open defiance of authority with the presumed intention to overthrow it or act in complete opposition to its demands, to rebel against, to revolt, to engage in insurrection. The theological dictionary of the New, of the New Testament defines the, the Greek word for our, our word disorder as political turmoil, unrest, revolution. This was written 2,000 years ago. And tell me if that does not define where we are today. You see, the word disorder ultimately comes back to I am against authority. And guess what authority it ultimately is against? God. Because here's why. Earthly wisdom, unspiritual wisdom, ungodly wisdom is this. Like I said, spiritual wisdom is the practical application of God's word. I know what it says and I'm doing it. Earthly wisdom says, I know what God's word says. I am not doing it. Why? Because I am not humbling myself under the authority of God. When I say, I know what God says, but. That but's going nowhere good. Because that's going to this one place. I know what God says, but I'm going to do my own thing. I know what God says, but I don't want to do it. I know what God's word says, but I choose not to do it. I want to do my own thing. You see, what I'm saying is, God, you're not God. I am. God, you're not an authority. I am. And so when you and I, now again, let's go back to James from last week. Remember when James said we all stumble in many ways? We're not perfect, are we? We're all, the Bible tells us we're all still sin. We're still wrapped in flesh. We're all going to stumble. We all get that, right? That's not what James is saying here. The authority that we buck from God is not, oh man, I screwed up. God, forgive me. This is, I know what God's word says. I don't care. That's different. That is taking authority of God and saying, I'm not going to submit to it, which if I cannot submit to the authority of God, guess what it does? It will seep into the rest of my life. So guess what happens? You come to church on a Sunday and you begin to hear, whether you're at a Sunday school class or you begin to hear a, a message from me. So if you can buck the authority of God and I'm sitting here preaching the word of God and saying, here's what God says, guess what all of a sudden you're doing? I don't care what you say. I'm going to do my own thing. And I'm going to do what I want in this church. And I'm going to... You see, you, you can buck the authority of the pastor. You can buck the authority of the elders. Next thing you know, your boss is telling you to do something. I don't have to listen to you. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do my own thing. You begin to buck the authority of your pastor. Students can buck the authority of their teachers, of the principals. We start to buck the authority of the government. Tell me if that does not say 2021. If that does not say 
America and the church of America. You see, James is saying, listen, when you are exhibiting earthly wisdom, unspiritual wisdom, disorder is following. And we see that very clear today. But not only is there disorder, look what he says. He says, you will find disorder in every evil practice. The, word, the words evil practice actually means worthless deeds. The idea is that if I am a Christian and I say I know what God says, but I don't do it, the things I do do really mean nothing in light of eternity. You see, because here's the thing. As a Christian, you and I are to live what is called in, in, in line with or accordance to a biblical worldview. How many of you ever heard that, that, that phrase, biblical worldview? What that means is, is that the Bible becomes the foundation for my life. That as I go through life, the decisions I make, the Bible becomes the lens to which I make decisions. As I live through my life, the Bible becomes the lens, becomes the source of, of, of what I do, of how I live. Again, not perfectly, but the Bible becomes it. It's the source. It's the lens. It's the worldview. Here's how I'm going to live according to what God says. So what happens is, as a Christian, when I have a biblical worldview, all of a sudden, I understand that I'm to be about God's business, his work. I'm to be about making disciples. I'm to be about bringing glory to God. I am to be a doer of his word. I am to be a disciple of Christ who worships Christ, walks with Christ, works for Christ, witnesses for Christ. That I have my mind and my heart set on Christ. You see... My life becomes about only one person. Who is it? Jesus Christ. All I do, all I say, not perfectly, but everything in me has the desire to say, as a believer in Christ, I know what the word of God says, and I want to do it. But James says, if you have earthly wisdom, fleshly wisdom, if you have wisdom that is not of God, Listen, everything you do, if it's all for the culture and all for the world, is meaningless. It's pointless. It's worthless. Why? Because we're going to be judged for what we've done. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13, Paul writes this. He says, our work will be shown for what it is. It will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. Because everything we do is either based on God's word or it's based on the world. I, I, everything I do, everything I say, I want to live it according to God's word or I don't. And when you and I stand before Christ, his eyes are, I think, it's the blazing fire. And everything we do is going to be tested by that fire. And if it burns up, it means what you did was worthless. But if it survives, meaning, hey, you know what? I, I live my life to the best of my ability for the word of God and what God wanted me to. Those things are going to survive for all eternity. Not the worldly stuff, not the cultural stuff. And James is like, listen, earthly wisdom is no good. And then lastly, 
Here's the third thing. Godly wisdom produces a harvest of righteousness. Again, he contrasts one more time the difference between earthly, ungodly wisdom and spiritual, godly wisdom. And how when we are truly knowing the Bible and doing it, that it's going to produce a harvest of righteousness. Things will be coming out of my life different. Okay, can, can you and I truly um, really sit back and deny that if I live according to the world, that my life won't be any different? I mean, if I live according to God's word, that my life won't be any different? No, if you truly live your life according to God's word, it will be different, okay? You truly will be a, 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 a disciple who, guess what? You're worshiping, man. You're desiring to come to worship. You're going to work. You're going to serve. You're going to figure out, man, I want to be in ministry, you're going you're gonna to walk. You're going to want to connect with other Christians. You're going to want to be in God's word. You're going to want to grow as a disciple. And you're going to want to witness. You're going to realize there's people around me I work with who need to know Christ. Because when I become a doer of, of God's word, those things are going to come out of me. But James shows us some other things that will come out of us. Look at verse 17. He says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure. Now, when I read these, again, I want you to think about where our country has been the last 18 months. I, I sat and as I read these things, I'm like, man, what if every Christian would have been living according, truly living according to God's word, doing it, and these things were coming out of us, would we be in the mess as a country and as a church? Not just as a church, but as the Christian church. So he says, here's the thing, wisdom that comes from God, godly wisdom, heavenly wisdom, spiritual wisdom is first of all pure. That word pure, it means to have, it means to put aside the vices of self-seeking nature. It's that, um, what he talked about, selfish ambition. I'm setting that aside because it's not about me. He said, I, I want a pure heart. Second of all, he says it's peace-loving. That means it demonstrates a desire to promote peace instead of being divisive and hurtful. And then he says it's considerate. Considerate or gentle. It means I'm sensitive to the needs of other people. And then he says it's submissive. Submissive or some of you may have open to reason, which means it's a willingness to be teachable, to yield and to learn from others. Full of mercy. It means by offering compassion to those in distress. When I read that, I'm like, does that not describe our world today? How many people are in distress today? And yet, how many, how many Christians are destroying people with their words of their distress? Showing no mercy, no compassion. Then he goes on, he says, good fruit. Good fruit is shown by kind actions, words, being helpful indeed to other people. He goes on and he says it's impartial. Impartial means not passing judgment on anybody, not causing division or, or factions in a group. Man. And then he says um, it's sincere. That means it's without hypocrisy. A person's genuine, they're real. And they're open in their approach to other people. And he says, peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. How much different would the, the culture, the, the climate of our, our country be if truly, I'm telling you, if just a church would have lived this out? 
if just Christians, Christians in this area, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest, I use the word Christian lightly, people who claim to, to be Christians, but are exhibiting earthly wisdom, ungodly wisdom, unspiritual wisdom. Why? Because they know what the Bible says, but they're not doing it. If this, if verse 17 alone would be lived out, if godly wisdom, I know what the Bible says and I'm truly going to do it. If that was happening in the lives of believers across this area, across the state and across the country, I'm telling you, it would transform the landscape of this country. Why? Because people, the fruit of this stuff would just be coming out. But listen, when I am exhibiting earthly wisdom, unspiritual wisdom, ungodly wisdom, the fruit is revealed. And it's not good fruit. It's all about self, promoting self, my own desires, my demands, and not other people. Loved ones, my prayer is this, that we would be a church. And listen, listen, God's been dealing with me all week on this because I know I'm far from this too. So I'm in the same boat. I want to be along with you that we would be a church of, that we are people who have knowledge. We have understanding. We know what the Bible says. We're learning it. We're growing in it. We're doing everything we can to grow in, in the knowledge of the word of God. I want us to be smart when it comes to the word of God. But I want us to be wise. I want us to be spiritually wise. Have godly wisdom, spiritual wisdom, that we as a church are knowing the word and doing the word. And that we are people still wrapped in flesh, far from perfect, still messing up, still stumbling in many ways, but we're coming back to God saying, God, I want to be about your word. I want to be like Christ. I want to walk like Christ. And I know I'm not perfect, but God, help me to do it. I want to be a doer of your word. Amen? Let's all stand. Let's get ready to close.